the up and comer. The, the up and comer is here. I am up and I am coming. I am up and, <laughs> up and coming. So here's what's really, really funny. You never know what it takes for us to get ready for this show. Uh, we are in the Atlanta airport, and I think it took Shay one hour to get through the line. Um, the craziest thing, we both have clear. Clear is supposed to be cool, whatever. Here, clear is part of TSA. If you don't have both, you can't get on the clear line. <laughs> Shay had to go back in the bus. <laughs> oh, so, Welcome aboard, Shay. Yeah, Shay, you made it. Congratulations. And I've, I've seen that line at Atlanta Airport before. I've seen it just wrapped around, wrapped around, wrapped around before you even go into the glass doors where the security, you know, things are. So unbelievable stuff. Yeah, so I got through. We're sitting in the Delta Club. We're excited. Um, we have a great show. I couldn't tell you what it is. I know there's good <laughs> <notes> somewhere. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the event yesterday. I mean, let's talk. Let's catch up on yesterday. I mean, you know, great time with the Intrepid Group and the pictures that I saw. The conglomerate of people in Atlanta that came together to see you is an impressive group. Well, so here's what's really neat. You know, because of the power of LinkedIn because we show people how to slice and dice it, it was easy for me to create a list of people based in Atlanta that I know. That doesn't mean I have spoken to them in any recent time. They're here. So hit up a bunch of people. And um, the, the middle picture at the bottom, those are all people that live in Atlanta. Um, the guy on the left there, his name is Flem Hollis. Flem was one of my top salespeople at ABC Cellular. I haven't seen him in 30 years. He came, Ginger, Philip, I met through Bob Snyder, um, Andre Dubot. I, I mean, what a cool, cool guy. Andy Smith, you all know from you know social media. Andy actually went out having dinner with us. But I think people at the event were overwhelmed at the fact that I pulled, you know, uh, a, a dozen Power people. relationships. Yeah. Just, uh, so, it was great to see them. Just really cool. Speaking of like not having spoken to somebody in a long time, right? We're at the event last night and Jake takes a picture of Gabby and I with like the rest of the room and the tables behind us. And I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, oh my God. And Jake's like, what? It looked like a great picture to me. And I'm like, no. And I zoom in into the bottom corner of the picture. And I'm like, I went to high school with that girl. Right. I'm like, no way. So I turn around. I'm looking around. I'm like, where is Jackie? Like Jackie's in the building. I'm looking around. Boom. I see Jackie Tully. I haven't seen Jackie Tully in like 25 years. Like unbelievable. So we, 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 you know, we, I, I walk over to her. I grab her elbow. I'm like, oh, my God. So we catch up. We start talking or whatever. It's just unbelievable. Like in the bottom corner of the background of the picture, I was like, I know that person. <laughs> So uh, there's Andre showing. It's it, you just never know when you're going to meet somebody. When and I met Andre sitting at a bar. He was on a business trip in West Palm, wearing Philly stuff. We started bullshitting. We connected. We stayed in touch. And man, it was great to see him. Um, but our man Andy Smith, man, <laughs> just, just so like it, it, the the conversation is really like the power of relationship. But the follow up to that is the power of social media because you're walking through the airport this morning and Chris Sanford grabs you, right? Like you don't know Chris, you know? What I, mean? uh, like, I was on a call with David Aaron's, and he like walks right up in my face and he goes, 
on the ball huddling. (laughs) (laughs) I was got nervous. I was like, what what are you doing, man? What are you doing, man? Yeah. (laughs) And the crazy story about Chris, Chris was Gabby's first boss. I met Chris when they came back to Tallahassee on a work trip together. We went out night before a game, like the whole deal and, uh, you know, stay in touch and, and you stay on social media, you stay relevant, you introduce people to your world. He doesn't know you, but he sees you and boom, there's a conversation. This is wild. It's, uh, you know, uh, the world is so small at the end right. of the presentation yesterday, I show, Hey, join me every morning. You know, we had tons of people live and, you know, just follow the show. Lots of good stuff. And I get off the stage, whatever, and I'm mingling in the crowd. And this guy walks up to me and he's got the huddle picture. And he goes, did this guy coach at Florida State? He goes, yeah, it's my son. Why? He goes, I was on that team. Greg Yarbrough. Greg Yarbrough. So he, he looked at me and he goes, I've been in sales a little bit. He goes, you can show me how to meet five new people every day without leaving my desk. We want to talk to you. so it was like you know and it is the power of this stuff that's right in front of us when you unpack it and get good at it and do it you know at scale just um you know just great stuff so uh uh, show pictures of you i want to see you at the event yeah so the event was great last night first of all shout out to south florida business and wealth because the idea to do it at drive pink stadium i had no idea where they were going to put this thing and it was raining, and I was like, is this thing going to be, like, on the field, like, in a tent? But they took the suite area, which, for those of you that had never been to an Inter-Miami game, it was really nice. It's field level. It's inside. It's got a central bar. They set up all the tables around it and a place for food. And uh, it was a really cool spot for a for an event. It was easy to get to. Um, but then it was great. We had a great time with the Dykes family and the whole Weston Jewelers crew. Uh, shout out to Jesse, who was also an honoree there last night. And it was just a room full of fantastic people. And I was honored to be, you know, included in the group of uh, of up-and-comers of, of South Florida. And uh, it was just great networking. It's great to see Lori and Patrick there last night. I was going to say, awesome. I was going to say the highlight for me was my FaceTime call with Patrick. Sure. I was, <laughs> I was like, yes, my man. Yeah, <laughs> so, got to introduce. And it was what was interesting is that Lori had never met Eddie in person. And there were a lot what? of huddlers that had never met in person. And like, so Chris White said, like, thanks for the intro, Mark. I introduced Eddie to a few people last night that they see each other all the time, but have never had never actually met in person. So awesome. Crazy stuff. Let's get to uh, waking up. Let's, Let's get wake some it up. Kind of content. There's a, there's a good show ahead. <laughs> wake up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Wake up, come on, come on. Wake up, everybody. Teach a new way. Maybe there's not this song. What you have to say. Lots of congratulations for you. I'm proud of you. Let me acknowledge that publicly. That uh, I don't know about up and comer, but uh, I, th- I think you've arrived. 
I appreciate it. Thank you. We've never arrived. It's all, and that's I said that in the post this morning. Back to the process. Back to the work. Um, but so, so I think this is appropriate because we've been knocking around this piece of content for a while about the chain of command, and it felt like you know the second in command was in in, in the driver's seat last night because a lot of people were asking me like, "Where's your dad? Is your dad going to be here? You know, what's he got going on?" Or whatever. So, you know, I want to get on this conversation of chain of command. You know, what it really means, how it fits into an organization, and and how it should work. So, I mean, there's so many different ways we can go with this. Where, where do you want to lead it? So, pop you that know? up real quick, Shay. Let's read that for everybody, so that in case they're just listening. So, a system in a business or in the military in which authority is wielded and delegated from top management down through every level of employee. In a chain of command, instructions flow downwards and accountability flows upwards. Now, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Well, 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 wait. There's pieces of that that make sense. Delegation, Delegation is the only way to scale. I mean, you can't do it yourself. Nobody was an island, and so... You know, the idea that people don't delegate, that's a hard thing to, to, to get your arms around is like, you know, so second in command, you know, there's certain things tr- that trust allows you to do, you know, and that's, you know, delegate. Where I call bullshit on this was the flow of information goes downward and accountability flows upward. That to me says decisions only get made in one place or information about decisions only get made in one place and everybody else has just has to fall in line with it and do what they're told, which no longer works. If you are trying to keep your people, if you're trying to keep your people engaged, if you're trying to develop your people, if you're trying to create leaders at every level, you have to have information that flows up. You have to have the right information that flows up and you have to create an environment where people feel comfortable flowing that information back up. Because if you don't, you're sitting in the ivory tower without any kind of visibility to what's really happening. Um, Okay. So let's get practical. Right. Let's take it to practicality. Yes. This was my business for 30 plus years, you know? I said I didn't want it to be my business. When we got together, I said I want it to be our business. I want to help you build it. The only way to do that is to let you do it. Yeah. <laughs> is to is to say, hey, you know, you have some decision making process. I may not like the decision, but it's a place to learn after the fact. So autonomy to make a decision. And I think when you look at us as a chain of command. You know, you gain this experience and the knowledge that I have, but ultimately you as the president of the company are making these decisions, infrastructure changes, um, you know, hiring coaches, all of that stuff. And people have asked me like, you know what, so you brought your son in and he's sort of like, you know, lame duck. And I was like, absolutely not. Man. It's, I, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, so I think every leader faces that crisis of, could I let someone else do it who may not do it the way I do it? Sure. But yeah, that doesn't, the- that doesn't, but that to me, that's about relinquishing and delegating and allowing people to develop. That's 
part of the development of the people. But the other part of that is that I got to have open dialogue with you and be sharing with you what my thoughts are, what the opportunities that I see, what the problems are that I see. And I got to feel comfortable to do that with you so that you can help guide, so that you can help steer, so that you can assist in the development of the decision-making skills, which have to be perfected in order for that person to ever lead fully at the top. A lot of organizations and a lot of people feel like it's the CEO's job to make the decisions and they don't need any information from me or they don't want to hear information from me. They don't want to know the problems that I'm dealing with and they don't care about the problems that I'm dealing with. So therefore, I don't have a place to bring it up. What we can, I think we disagree here. I like your needs. There needs to be a final voice. There needs to be somebody. Good leaders take in all the information and say, okay, thank you, everybody. I've heard you all, and I've decided here's what we're going to do. Now my expectation is that you all rally around my decision, regardless of what your point of view was. I appreciate you having an opinion, having a, a horse in the race, but the idea that so, so it's like, you're right, though. But, but what I'm saying is, is that there are not enough leaders who go actually listen to uh, the other okay. voices in the room. That would be the flow of information back up. So when the CEO sits in the room or when the VP of sales sits in the room and says, hey, numbers are down. What should we do? Right. And everybody sits on their hands and, 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 and it doesn't have any kind of idea. There's something that caused that. And there's probably some toxic behavior. Like, yeah, I say I want an idea, but as soon as you bring me the idea, I squash it and tell you that there's no way that we could ever do that. And I don't even really hear it or listen to it or take it in, which stops the flow of information coming back up. So in this idea of chain of command, where it's flow of information down and accountability back up, that's a one-way street. And that's how you lose people from having engagement and being committed to the mission and feeling like they're taking part in the direction of the organization. Um, Great stuff. Not to break the momentum, but Thomas Ryan Lawrence was a guest last night who uh, came up and said nice things about the presentation. So um, love the say do. You said you would join the huddle and you did. Uh, Congratulations and welcome uh, everybody. Welcome Welcome Thomas. Thomas. So uh, to keep this conversation going, um, there are people who get named into positions like, oh, this is my second in command, but you're really a puppet. (laughs) You're not really anything. That's where I think some of this goes wrong is that if you really, really have, but, but one of the pieces of content that Shay and I put together for a couple of different clients was the state of communication, how communication works within an organization. Generally speaking, and I think Henry went there, is that communication up to a direct report or somebody that you work for is generally filled with fear and doubt and, you know, uh, retribution, all of this negative emotion because people don't feel confident 
that they're either being heard or that there's any sense of or that they're being supported or that they're, or they're not even sure that they're communicating the right information that they're supposed to be like the expectation of standards and the expectation of what's supposed to be communicated is, you know, is ambiguous or so they're reporting out hoping that they're speaking on the right things. And then they're unsure of what the consequence will be when and that to me is the easiest way to create trauma in somebody's life is give them unexpected consequences right like hey i think i'm doing the right thing and then you get lashed at with some kind of consequence that hits you from out of left field that scars somebody forever they carry that with them as you try to continue to develop them so, Lori, it, it is military. That's where command came from. And, and I use this a lot in my presentations is that, you know, the DMO, you know, the daily marching orders is a military term. And I want people to understand that in the military, there is a respect for authority. When someone tells you to do something, they're not interested in what you feel like. Yep. You know, in the, it was like, oh, yeah, here's the marching orders for today. Well, I don't really feel like doing that. That's chaos. Nobody asked you. <laughs> Nobody asked how you feel. You know? So, but when asked, please listen. So, yeah, really, that's right. It, it's a fascinating um, conversation because I was with a bunch of HR people last night who are engulfed in these conversations about quiet quitting are you listening are, you know great resignation you know i'm not really working but i'm trying i'd like to work at home because i like to hide or i'm really working my you know th there's so many sides of the conversation returning to the office rto is, is a big deal now man you know people get used to could you go work in an office now no I mean, absolutely. I mean, so, I, I, would I would would I like to be in an office sometimes? Absolutely. But, I think but, but here's my point: when we talk about chain of command, if I pulled rank, which R H I P rank has its privileges, and said, "Hey, forget about anything that you guys think. We're going back to the office." That it's hard to respect that chain of command. That's where the problem Correct. is. And so that's you know? where I think people confuse chain of command with dictatorship or yep. uh, you know or, or or harsh authority they're not the same thing like lori says it sounds like the military which gives everybody this specific idea of what that looks like and sounds like which that's you want chain of command you want people to understand exactly where they're supposed to get directive from and get information from and share information with. That's just having clear communication channels and having a system and an organizational structure that allows people to know where they're supposed to go, when they're supposed to go with it, and what they're supposed to bring to it. If you can define that communication channel, great. Now perfecting the communication of being able to command and being able to give directive while taking influence and while creating buy-in and engagement. It's the first thing I learned at 26. When I stepped in front of the room at Cincinnati, I quickly learned that if I got up there and said, do it because I said so, nobody was going to follow me. Nobody right. was going to listen to a word that I said. I had to figure out a way to get their engagement and their involvement in it in order to get them to work with me. And then once I had that, then I could demand the fuck out of whatever I wanted. Didn't matter. I had them. But until you have them, you can't do that. 
I, so it's so interesting. Um, when I when I heard James Clear speak, he said the way he creates content is like a hawk. He's, right. He's looking at lots of different stuff and then he goes in and snags something. When I saw that little blurb about chain of command, my brain went crazy, knew it would be this kind of conversation. So um, good stuff, good huddlers today really driving the conversation. I do want to bring up something that we, we I didn't know it, but this is why you stay involved in social media. Jamie Tribble, who is a, a huddler, a fan of On the Ball, she'll be at the women's event. She works for a company that developed Mr. Coffee. And today is the 50th anniversary of Mr. Coffee. Do you even know what Mr. Coffee is? I remember Mr. Coffee. Like, I, re- I remember, like, the old, <laughs> like, the old visuals. I have them in my brain, but, like, that's what that's what like I think back to like being very little when I think of Mr. Coffee. So, so Mr. Coffee, first of all, the endorser was Joe DiMaggio. Right. And it was like the first like instant coffee. Yeah. Here, make it yourself kind of right. it wasn't it's a older. percolator. It was sort of like it was really cool. I mean, like that was something like everybody had a Mr. Coffee. So um Check out her social media. She shows some pictures of, uh, oh, yeah. Look at Mr. Coffee's baseballs. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Which I think I'm going to get the opportunity to see Jonathan Aarons in person on Friday. He's going to be in Charlotte as well. Get out. I think we're going to have the opportunity to to cross, cross paths while I'm there. Really, really, really cool. Ross Calvert, uh, welcome back. Nice to see you back in the huddle. He talks about SOP. Um, Ross, you didn't know this because you were not huddling back then, but Mark has a standard operating procedure for his babysitters. I mean, so he is programmed. I, as the grandfather, have to check in on when on the standing operating procedures grandpa, grandpa could or poppy can visit. <laughs> so, so Henry Paisano asked a question, and I'll answer the question and then we can leave the show on some motivational morning music today. But he said, you know, would you go over the head coach's head? Absolutely not. Never. You know, I understood where my role was and what, but I always took the responsibility of whether he wanted to hear it or not, sharing the information with him that I thought he needed to hear. Now, there's a whole nuance to that. There's an understanding of it, and I think somebody talked about it. I wrote about it the other day. It's not my fault, but it's my responsibility. It was my responsibility to ensure that whatever needed to be communicated got communicated in a way that it could be received by the other people to give us the best chance that we could. So understanding the chain of command and understanding that there may be a final voice and that if I, if I want to do what's right for the team – I got to be willing to swallow my ego and say, okay, this is the decision we're making. The problem is, is when that decision blows up in your face, you're sitting there going, damn, I knew it. And now you got no outlet for it. And when the guy at the top doesn't own that decision and doesn't have ownership in front of everybody about it, creates a lot of internal organizational problems. I'm, I'm really glad that, first of all, Henry and Virginia asked, because that's great. That's the point of this. This is a group dialogue. This is what happens in virtual networking. But I'm really glad you answered in in that way. One of the reasons people decide to be an entrepreneur is if you don't like what's going on, go do it yourself. yourself. Go somewhere (laughs) else. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, I I get into organizations and they're bitching. I go, 
if you don't want to be under that command, take the reins yourself Walk and away. go build, build it a better way. I mean, you, you hear a lot of great stories of people who were in a business, saw had a different vision, a different work ethic, whatever, and said, okay, I'll go do it myself and, you know, change their whole lives. So what a great conversation. Great stuff. I'm heading, great conversation. I'm heading home. You'll be in Charlotte uh, tomorrow or? On Friday. Yeah, tomorrow. I leave tomorrow afternoon. I get into yeah. Charlotte. We're going to have some dinner in Charlotte and uh, looking forward to being there, being with the people of Sestel. Going to speak to them on Saturday morning. And then we fly back Saturday night. But um, great stuff. And I'll so be in so- – uh, I think I think next week is Cincinnati for me, and then Kansas City. So, uh, Virginia, you're right. We are everywhere. So, just we're, for everybody's information, we are going to go out on morning motivational music because it is Tom Petty's birthday, right? And there's no better way than to go out with this song, which gets played in Gainesville on every home game now. But do remember to move over to YouTube. Do remember to go subscribe to the Noodleberg Daily Huddle page, not just my dad's page, because eventually it will only be coming from that Noodleberg Daily Huddle page so that we can streamline the engagement and we can push this thing to be the best that it can be every single day. So thank you guys. Always remember that Tom Petty's the greatest and I won't back down. Let's go.